this is Edward Sermon Audio. This is the first sermon from Luke chapter 8, uh, preached by Pastor Matt Harmless on October the 24th, 2021. We're starting a new little section in Luke. It's interesting when I study, and I'll, I'll pray here in just a moment. It's interesting when I study these commentaries. Many times one of the things that these different commentaries would do will break down and try to outline out and so this, this could be considered the beginning of a new little section that goes all the way up almost to, the, to chapter 10. And I'm starting to find there's things that I learned that I just never saw before, and I'm starting to find that to be true with Luke. There's things that Luke does. He'll, he'll talk about some teaching of Jesus, then he'll go into some stories. And I'm starting to see some connections between the stories and what he just taught on how those things flow together. And so I'm finding those things and discovering those things as we go through uh, and so I, I really think that sometimes what you guys are getting on Sunday morning for me from Luke is just a few days, like I'm just a few days ahead of you learning what I'm learning. I'm just, just a few steps ahead of you. And as we discover these things, I always feel like we're discovering these things together. This is a together kind of thing that we're doing in Luke. Um, I hope you feel that way. You feel that way? We're, we're learning Luke. And we're learning about Jesus in the process. And I just love it. I'm going to read the first three verses before I pray. The first three verses I'm actually going to come back to in a later date. They're actually in and of themselves an astounding little section thrown in there. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, people that try to throw in there, well, the Bible, it's, it's outdated. The things that are in there for, are for a different time. This little, these first three verses, just chuck that out the window because what I'm going to tell you was not in that time, not how it was. It just stands apart and just shows that the Word of God is timeless. So let me read the first three verses. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into the part that I'm going to teach today. These first three verses, like I said, I'm going to come back to it on a later date with another section. I'm going to come back to these at a different point. Uh, verse 1 says this, Soon afterward, after we just finished that last part, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Get ready for it. This is next part. may not seem astonishing to you, but it's astonishing. It says, And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, don't know who Joanna is. I think she's mentioned one of the time, the wife of uh, Chusa, Herod's household manager. So that Herod, right, we're going to hear about, we've heard about him, the one that has John the Baptist, right, eventually beheaded. Um, this Chusa is the household manager. Joanna is part of that. And Susanna, we don't know anything about Susanna either, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Now, you go, what's so astonishing about that? I'm telling you right now, a couple things. One, um, having prominent women being supportive of Christ's ministry and being mentioned in such a way is, is unusual for that time period. Right? Important. We'll come back to those things later. I also think it's interesting, two different commentaries pointed out and I've never thought about this before, and this is why I'm not preaching on this today. We're preaching on this later today. Two different commentaries pointed out there is not one case of opposition coming to Jesus that came from a woman. That's interesting, isn't it? I've never thought about that before. I don't know what to do with that thought. Think about that, Paul. Get a good answer for me on that one. Um, but we're going to come back to this because we're going to see this, these women playing a prominent role in Jesus' ministry all the way to the end. And you see some of these women are the ones that are, when, when everybody else abandons, who's at the cross? These, these women, right? To see Christ on the cross. Um, but we'll come back to that at a later date, like I said. I want to dig into this next little teaching. It's going to be a, a parable could call it the mother of all parables. It's a big parable. It's one that you probably know. We're going to dig into it. It's one of my favorite of all the parables. I love it because it weirds me out in my head when I talk about it. Let me explain. What I talk about in this parable is happening right now as I'm talking to you. I'm going to talk about something that in this parable is describing something that's happening while I'm talking to you right now. It's actually happening right now while I'm talking. And it's happening. And so then we're going to try to understand what's happening in the parable by understanding what's happening in this exact moment as I'm talking to you. That just, my mind gets looped up on those things. Like, God, we're talking about what we're talking about. We're doing what we're talking about. We've got to figure out what we're talking about because that's what we're talking about. 
see, you look confused too. All right, let me pray, because I think we're going to need it, especially if I keep talking like that, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for your word. I, Lord, I genuinely thank you for this guy, Luke, and the effort he put down to, to pen these different teachings and the stories and put them to get, together, compile them for us to read. I thank you, God, for preserving these ancient words for us to learn and study. And I pray now that you would do what you do in this parable with us today. I pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let me share a quote, just a, a, a starting thought with this parable, okay? This one comes from a guy named Leon Morris. He says, the crowds were thronging about Jesus. You're going to see that in just a minute in the next verse. This is, so Jesus is popular, right? And the crowds are coming together. The crowds are thronging about Jesus. He's becoming a popular preacher, but he looks for more, and we think that this is part of what this next little section is about. This, there's a shift in the way he's teaching, I mean, think about the teaching we had before was very direct, wasn't it? Think about that. We went through that, that last little, the Sermon on the Plain. There's some stuff there that I almost didn't even need, even need to explain. You just said it like, that's hard stuff. The sun, there's a little shift here when it comes to the crowds. He looked for more than a superficial adherence, so he intensified his use of parables, stories which yielded their meaning only to those prepared to search for it. The parables demand thought and spiritual earnestness. They separate the sincere seeker from the casual hearer. So I want to be careful that you understand something about parables. A lot of times a pastor will get up and they'll tell a story to make it easier to understand. So I'm going to tell the story to illustrate, to make it easier. You're going to find in this particular section, Jesus does not say that's why he tells parables. In some ways, it's actually to make it more difficult to understand. Okay? All right. We're going to jump into this parable and listen. I hope that you're... So here we go. Don't be a casual hearer today. Are you ready to engage? Do I need to go old school teacher on you and say, get out your thinking caps? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I've never actually said that in a classroom. They, I would be mocked to death in a high school classroom if I said that. Get out your thinking caps. It'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I don't... I, I, I'm a high school teacher. We don't do that kind of stuff. Um, verse 4. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable. So these people are coming. In fact, it's interesting. The language here is saying, like, he's got this crowd. And as he's going, and there's a bigger crowd, and there's more people. And then he goes past his next town. There's some people from the last town are still following him. And it's a bigger town. And there's just, the crowd's just growing. That's what this verse is saying. I mean, people are coming from all over. They want to hear this Jesus. And so he decides to teach them something. And he teaches them in this parable. And so he starts it off. Verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. Now, this is a common picture for those days. I love that we live in the mid Midwest because we, th this is a little bit, obviously a little bit different, but very similar. I mean, in the springtime, what do you see out in the field? Like you see the fields have just all been sitting dormant through the winter. And then in the springtime, what do we see? They start going out there. They start plowing it up. They start doing their stuff. What's the big pile of white stuff? Lime or something like that, right? Is that for fertilization purposes, I think? And so they're, yeah, I've got to ask Stacy. She'll tell me all those things, right? And so they're, they're doing all these things. And I see, you, we see it every year, don't we? Now, now for them, they would have planted in between October, because this is like a wheat that they're talking about. They would have planted in the winter. And I think maybe we do, that's how we do that here. Is that how we do that here? Yeah. So that's what they would have done. They would have planted it October to December. It would have started to spring up in April, May, and they would have harvested in June. That's what my studies have said. I don't actually know. I, I don't grow things, okay? Um, but I'm familiar with it, just like you're familiar with it. In our, in our, in our world, we look around, we see it, we, we, we see the corn, we see the soybeans growing, like we see those things happening around us, and we can watch it happen. Jesus is talking to them. It's something that they would have been very, very familiar with. A sower in those days would sow. They'd have that bag. You've probably seen pictures of things like this. They'd have the bag hanging in front of them. They would just, right, they'd be casting it out into their field. Now, there's some question whether or not they would plow before they sowed the seed or after. There's some possibility that they may have sowed it and then plowed it to kind of help bury it over. Some people think, I mean, there's the historical records for how they did this. They're not quite for sure, and it doesn't really matter for the story. But here we got these sowers, and they would have been very familiar. I wonder if maybe even while Jesus is saying this, 
is it possible maybe a sower was doing that while he saw the sower? The sower is out sowing his fields, right? And then he says this. Okay, let's break this down, little, little parts at a time in this story. And as he sowed, some fell along the path. So imagine maybe a, a field, and maybe there was a path going, cutting right through the field that people had been walking on for years and years and years, and this is the way that he went. And if you're getting from this town to this town, you always, that's the path everybody took. And so the sower, he's sowing the seeds, and he's, he's not sticking them in the ground. So is it possible that some could end up on a, the path? Yeah. And what happens to that seed that lands on the path? Well, it's trampled underfoot. Um, and the birds of the air swoop down, devour it. Okay? You got that picture in your head? You picturing it? Sower sowed. There's a path. Think, picture a well-trod path, right? Some tilled soil, but this, and there's some seeds, and then you see the crows coming down and picking it up. Some fell on the rock. Now, this might be a little bit different than what we're used to, but there were places in Palestine where the dirt itself would be like this deep. And the bedrock was right there. Now, we've we got maybe some similar but most of I mean, around here, we've got the, our good Illinois-Indiana soil. It's deep and rich, and it's like, I mean, you can till down, and you're not hitting bedrock. But there's places there where, there where there may only be just a very thin layer. So it looked like the same dirt as over here, but when things are landing on it, there's, there's stone right underneath. It looks like dirt, but it's not. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. So this... Right? Right on the rock. Does it, now, when Matthew, all, there's three of the, the gospel accounts that share um, this parable. When Matthew shares it, he says, Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. Immediately they sprang up. So he, Matthew adds that Jesus said that it immediately sprang up since they had no depth of soil. Right? But when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away, which Luke has just condensed that. Especially with the culture he was in. You know, Luke's not seeing the necessity of spelling out all the details. Matthew threw in a few more details. And some, some fell among thorns, thistles. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. So they're battling for resources. So you've got these weeds growing up, and you've got the, the, the wheat has grown up, but these weeds are growing up with it, and it's battling, especially in that culture, I mean, sorry, in that climate, you're going to have a lot of battling of these plants for the resources. They may not get a bunch of good rains like we're getting. It's going to be a lot drier, and so those other plants are going to be soaking up all the water, soaking up the nutrients, and the nutrients are taken up by the weeds, and the weeds won. And the wheat says, I fought the weeds, and the weeds won. Some, though, hopefully a lot, if you're a good farmer, falls into good soil. And what happens? It grows. So the next spring, it's shooting up. And it's yielding by June. You get huge yield. He said these things. He called out. So he tells them this story. And then he just says, if you've got ears to hear, hear. See you guys later. Now, the disciples know Jesus well enough to know that he's not giving them a lesson in agriculture. Right? And I think you know Jesus well enough. Are they given, is Jesus just given a lesson in agriculture? This is how farming goes sometimes. No. There's more there. This is where it starts to get weird. Because I'm saying the same thing. Jesus said, so if you got ears, hear. If you got ears, anybody have ears in here? Are you sure? I mean, what's he talking about, right? That's, that's one of my first thoughts that come up. What's he talking about? Well, obviously they have ears. If you have ears to hear, hear. Well, the, we got ears. If I didn't have ears, I couldn't have heard you say, if you have ears to hear, hear. So I heard you. But obviously he's talking about something else, isn't he? Now, we are very fortunate with this particular parable. The disciples who know, wait, there's something else here. They actually say, Jesus, could you explain this to us? Tell us what this is about. Verses 9 and 10. And this is why, frankly, this was a super easy sermon in some regards to prepare for. Because it's right, Jesus does the story and then he tells us, what's, what's it about? So listen to what he says. I kept wanting, by the way, I kept wanting to add things in here. And I'm like, but he says it right there. It's right there. I'm just going to, uh, anyway. When the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, 
And so now he's going to offer a blanket statement about parables. Remember what I talked about earlier about pastors sharing illustrations to help people understand things? Listen listen to what this says. He said, to you, emphatically, you disciples that are asking me this question, to you it has been given to know the secrets or the, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To you it's been given to know these secret things about God. But for others... They are in parables. Why? So that. You hear that? See that? So that for the purpose of seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now that's a quote from Isaiah 6-9. That doesn't sound like good teaching to me. I'm going to tell a parable so that they'll see it but not see it. And hear it but not hear it. If you go to Isaiah chapter 6... This particular quote that Jesus says from Isaiah chapter 6, this is actually right in the middle of, and the, the disciples would have known this, and the people, anybody else would have heard this, would have known this. This is a judgment. And it's a judgment because the people hadn't been hearing, and then God sends Isaiah, and he says, I want you to go and talk to these people, and I want you to keep telling them things so they won't hear. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 6. And he said, God, and he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, don't understand. Keep on doing it. You've heard it plenty of times. Keep on listening, but don't get it. Keep on seeing, but don't perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes. Unless, lust, right? They see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. In fact, I want you, Isaiah, I want you to go. I want you to keep saying these things just so it will dull them even further. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? That's what it says. This is a judgment passage. Parables, I don't think I have this quote in here. I'm going to read this to you. Parables both reveal and conceal truth. They reveal it to the genuine seeker who will take the trouble to dig beneath the surface and discover the meaning, but they conceal it from him who is content simply to listen to the story. This is interesting. I think you're going to find it's even more interesting when Jesus starts talking about explaining it. So he starts off, he says, let me tell you why I'm telling these people parables. It's not so that they'll turn, it's so that they won't at this point. This is plainly the result of the parables, but Jesus says it is also their purpose, so that. Did you catch that in that last verse? Let me go back. For those they are in parables, so that, seeing they may see. see I'm sorry, seeing they may not see. They have ears that aren't going to hear and eyes that aren't going to see. Now, let's jump into the parable itself. This is where it gets really weird for me. You ready to get weirded out? I'm serious. Are you ready to get weird? This is weird. This is so weird to me. I know that you're probably going to sit there and go, this isn't weird at all. It's weird. It's weird if you think about how weird it is. So let's talk about it. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. It was, would have been weird for them too. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Think of the word of God as any type of revealing of something about God. So the parable was also revealing something about God. Right now, I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm like the sower. Now, the sower is not going to be the emphasis. The sower could be Christ in this case. It could be me up here. I'm, the word of God. So I'm, what am I doing? I'm saying the, the word of God is going out. There it is. So I'm talking about a story that's talking about the word of God going out. So I'm throwing the word of God out there in a story that's talking about the word of God going out there. This is going to require some serious introspection here. Have you ever thought about even what's happening when we do this? I know that if you've been at Edgewood a long time, you've heard me do this multiple times. I think it's been a while. I used to do it at, at school. I used to do it once a year to every class. I stop and I would think about So some of you heard this. I apologize, but it blows my mind every time I hear about it. Ashley is already laughing because she knows what it is. Think about what's happening right now. I, I've got some, now, Let me go back. I read some things. Light refracted off pages entered in my eye upside down, landed, my brain interpreted those images. 
and, and my brain figured it. There, so, so then this, this thought developed in my head, right? These little electrical impulses are up in this meat computer, right? I got a meat computer in my skull, and it's doing little electrical impulses, and it's thoughts. You got them right now, some of you. I think some of you are like, tune in. There's nothing there. I don't know. But most of you, some thoughts bounce around in there. Little electrical impulses in this meat computer. And then I want to take this thought, and I want you to have that thought in your meat computer. So in order to take this thought from this meat computer to put it in your meat computer, think about what I have to do. i got to send a series of electrical impulses to my tongue and my lungs. It's just the right orchestrated fashion. Let's think about just this thing. The seed is the word of God. Let's take that one thought. So we had this picture, this story, and the seed is representing the word. So then I go, the seed is the word of God. And I want you to know that thought. So I send all these directions down to my lungs. And I exhale the right amount of air, and my mouth moves in just the right amount of way to vibrate the air in the room. And it vibrates the air. And then you're sitting there, and you've got this little piece of skin in your ear. And these three little bones in your ear. And I'm, I'm vibrating your ear. That's weird. But, but then your ear, as it vibrates, there's little nerves connected to it. And it, it takes those little vibrations and it sends a little message into your meat computer. And you interpret the vibrations as words and a thought. And it all happens like that. Ready? Let's do it. The seed is the word of God. <laughs> Vibrate. Some of you took a little bit longer than others. Some of you is that fast. Some of you are like still going, the seed <laughs> is But then you get to a passage like this, and what we're going to see next is that there's a whole other element to this that's not in the physical realm of the meat computers, but there's something spiritual that's happening simultaneously that determines how your meat computer takes it. Let's take a look at the first possibility of what could have happened just now. As I went, see, does the word of God out there? Right? Went out there, this little seed, land, right? Conveyed through these amazing things that God has figured out with vibrating air and eardrums and meat computers, and it's landed in your, your head. The ones along the path, remember the ones along the path? What happened to them? Threw them out there. It was a path. Some people were just walking on it. They trampled on it, right? No, no care for it. Who cares where it's at? They trampled on it, and then, then something else happened. What, what, what else happened? Birds came down, snatched it up, it's gone. One's along the path of those who have, have, have heard, ears to hear, they heard, so that this happened. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So some hear, because of the hardness and indifference of their hearts, the devil comes along and snatches it away. We forget that, that extra element sometimes, don't we? That there's some birds. There's a, there's a devil who wants to take that word that you're receiving. Now here, okay, ready for the weirdness? Here, let's get weird, okay? So, so, so here's one of the things that could happen. See, I could say that, and you could have that one moment where you start to go, that's me. I'm not careful with the word of God. I just kind of, I hear it at church or I read the Bible or so, and it, it lands there. And I'm basically that person that just walks past it, tromples on it, I'm indifferent to it. And, and that's been me. And then he's right. I mean, I've, I've been, and I've been in church and I've heard it and preached. And I thought, that's me before. This isn't the first time that's happened. And I've actually walked out the door. And by the time I got to my car, it was gone. 
expect that might happen even again today. Some of you, this, this is, see why it's weird? I mean, that's, I'm throwing it out there, right? In fact, then when I just said this part, that might be you, you might have actually said in your head, that's been me. He's right. How did he know that? And then you, it start, it's starting to work, and you, you start to recognize. So the word of God, it came. It's not like you didn't hear it. But some of you will walk out this door, and before you get to your car, if you got in your car, you tell me, just be honest, this probably happened. You got in your car, somebody, what did the pastor talk about? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> it's gone. Now, there may be other reasons for that, too. Maybe just mind is good. The meat computer is running on, you know, an old hard drive or something. But, you, you, it, but that happens. And God could be seeking to do something in your heart by this seed landing. But instead of having what seeds ought to do, it gets trampled and snatched away and it's gone. Let's, I think we all will recognize elements of this. Each one of these will recognize parts of this in us. But I want you to think about these illustrations as an overall ultimate picture of a person. Not each individual time, but overall. We've all had times where that happened. But overall, there are some that that becomes who they are. They're like a path with the word of God. And they could hear it every day of their lives, but it never takes root. And it's snatched before they get out the building. Let's take a look at the next one. The ones on the rock. Remember that, remember that ground? Rock, bedrock, just a tiny little bit of dirt. What, what, did, what did that seed do when it landed? Did it just do nothing? Did it get snatched away? No, it grew. In fact, I, I, when I read from Matthew, it says it sprung up real quick, right? But then it was lacking something. And Luke doesn't talk about what it was lacking specifically, but Matthew shared what it was. What was it lacking specifically? R- root, yeah, the moisture, because there's no, it can't get the roots down deep. And it shrivels up and dies. Jesus said, this is the ones when they hear the word, receive it with joy. When you think, now nah, let, let yourself soak in this one for a minute. This, this verse has explained so much to me as a pastor, having been here for 12 years. I have seen people come in, receive it with joy, and spring up. And I'm like, man, they're in. And I'm praising the Lord. Look at this. It looks only to have a certain amount of time go by and then you look around and go, where'd they go? Where'd they go? This is it. This tells me what's going on. I can't see that. From the surface, right, the dirt all looks the same. Oh, come on, guys. You guys are ridiculous. It's okay. He can stay. He can stay. It's okay. They need to learn. <laughs> I need to learn. It's just a baby, guys. Come on. It's so cute. But some of you, let's think about what's happening right now. Some of you might have said, now, I'll be honest. Sometimes I, this helps me explain others. There's been people that I know personally that I've seen this happen. They came, they heard, sprung up with joy, but then where'd they go? This is what's going on. This is what's going on. The word of God started to have an impact, but there was no root in that person. Now, some of you might hear that. and Maybe that's been you before. And maybe it's regularly. I was thinking about this on the way. Uh, on the way here, there's a, a field that the farmer, and I want to meet the guy, but there's one particular spot that gets waterlogged every year. He plants there every year, and every year, everything he plants in that spot dies. Have you, have you seen any of these fields where there's like one spot? And I always think, that guy is probably like, this is going to be the year. <laughs> Let's plant it again. And every year, don't go on it. <laughs> it died again. It, so that's, and I, I, on the way to the church this morning, I was like, that's, that's some people. This is what, look at the big overarching. That's some people. They, they'll come back to church again. Things get, 
whatever reason it is, they will come back and they encounter the word of God again. And they're like, spring it up. Yeah, this is what I needed. I knew there was something to miss in my life. I needed God. I needed the word of God. I needed this. Yeah. And they're springing up towards the sun and they're growing and they're growing and then all of a sudden trials come along and something comes along and the heat gets on and, and wither and die. Some of you, even in this moment, might be saying, that's me. And you might, in this moment, this is so weird, you might in this moment, even ha- it might be doing the same thing. And you might walk out of here today, and, and for the next three weeks, you'll be like, man, I'm, no, I'm not, not going to have it. Whoa. This is, this is where I have to go. It has, has yet to be seen. I'm kind of like that farmer. And I never give up hope. When you come, the seed will continue to be sown. This will be the year. But at some point, for, for that seed to take root, that rock's got to go, doesn't it? But this helps us understand what's going on. Let's take a look at the next one. Just fell in with those, root, those weeds. I've seen some of those too. Some seeds that ended up, instead of falling in to the, the, the field, a couple little corn fell out and they landed over where the grass is at and every once in a while I see I saw this one the other day it, it sprung up no ears on it the, the farmer had gone through and, and harvested the field and there was this one random corn stalk <laughs> sitting off to the side by itself it had landed in the grass didn't produce anything no corn on it just sitting over there by itself <laughs> and I thought I was preparing for this and I was picturing that one corn stalk sitting over there Landed in the weeds, didn't have enough to produce anything worthwhile. And the farmer didn't even take the time to take his combine and go, better get that one too. <laughs> yeah. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. What, what, what are the three things you see there? They, they're, it's choked by what three things? The, what's the first one? And the what? Cares of this life. What's the second one? Riches of this life. What's the third one? Pleasures of this life. I have seen, you have seen, we all have seen, whether it be when, in someone else or in ourselves, when we try to, try to take this heart of ours and share space. You and I both know the word does not win out when we try to share. Some of you have learned that the hard way, the rooting, weeding process that needed to happen before the word of God finally took root in your life. There are many I know that they go, what? what is, why? I just feel like I'm never getting there. I'm never really, I think this is, this is why. Right here, you got you got some. There, there's some things in your heart you love, whether it be a relationship. Now, let's 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 lay, lay a baseline here. I always love to really think about this because so many people they want to dwell in what they're not for sure about that God may or may not want. Let's let's lay all that to the side. There's some stuff that you know right now in your heart. God does not want you to be doing that. God does not want that relationship to be going on in your life. God does not want you to be doing those things. He doesn't want you to be talking that way or saying those things, whatever it is. There's some things you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. God has made it abundantly clear to you. Those are weeds. They need to go. Whether it be just the over-concern with the, just the cares of this life. Are the cares of this life all bad? Some of them are pretty good. I care about my kids. The riches of this life. I like riches. <laughs> if money's the world's curse, may God strike me with it. May I never recover. I think that's fiddler on the roof, right? It, but when our hearts become consumed with these other loves, what's going to win? Not the word. 
they, the weeds don't know how to share. They want everything. And if you're consumed with having a life that's full of pleasure, it's going to win. If you're consumed with having a life where you're, you're carefree and everything's taken care of, it's going to win. And some of us, that is exactly where we're at. And you go, why am I not producing fruit in my life? And you're full of weeds. There's all these other things in there. Even now as I say it. Weird again, right? Ready for some weirdness? I might be saying it, and that little, that little seed landed in there. And one of those weeds in your heart knows that when I was talking about that weed, I didn't say the specific thing, but in your head you went, you, you thought of something that you're doing. Right? And you're, you're, you're up there, and it, it came to your mind. And that weed, that weed, you know what that weed did? That weed said, what the baby's doing right now. No! <laughs> Give me attention! The weed starts going, think about all the bad things that would happen to you if you stopped focusing on me. Think of all the horrible things. That, if you, you can't just like let me go. Do you know what would happen to you? Do you know what could happen to you? And so you're sitting there, and as I'm saying it, that seed is planted, and it wants to spring up, but you've got those weeds in there, and they're going, uh-uh. Suck up all the nutrients, all the thoughts, all the focus, everything you got. you got to think about this. You can't, just, you can't just ignore me. And you'll walk out of here, and it might spring up for a little while, but it never comes to fruition, the word of God in your life. Now you know why. Finally, we have the last one. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Now, I cannot help but when I read this, start thinking about, well, and let me ask you, who in here, after reading through those, goes, I want the good soiled heart? Right? Sure. Very few. No, I kind of like the weedy life. That could have a lot of meanings in our town. Weedy life, get it? Remember? Some of you are getting it. Thank you. Appreciate the chuckles. We, we all think that. We all, we all say that. But we all also know at some point, there's not a plot of ground on this earth that's ever been able to decide what kind of plot of ground it is. There's no stony ground going, sitting over there going, I'm such, such terrible stony ground. I wish I was good soil. That's not what's talked about here, but think about Think about what we all know is underlying through this parable. We desperately, desperately need. If you're sitting there going, I want to be the good soil. What do you, what's the, what's the, what's the guy you want? Not just the sower, but what do you need? You need what? What kind of occupation? What is it? Farmer. You need somebody that's going to come in with a plow, dig it all up, pull the weeds out, get rid of Right? That's what you need. This is where it gets so challenging. I think that I have this passage. Now, Jesus doesn't get into this in the parable. This is where my mind goes with it after that. Because, here, actually, before I talk about it, let me go back. Because even, even when I'm doing this, I'm, I'm throwing, so I, I feel like the sower. I'm like saying these things about the Word of God. I'm, try, I'm trying to use some illustrations. That, that might connect with you, and I'm, I'm saying these things, and I'm hopefully I'm praying, Lord, let, let this be the word of God. Uh, we heard early in the prayer, and we pray almost every single Sunday, let the words that come out be, the, be what God would have us say, and not just what I would want to say, and throwing these things out there. And, I, and I, I picture these little seeds going out, and, and, and your heart is like soil, and I see those seeds landing on all of you, and, and I really, the weird... It gets really weird when I think about the fact that even though I'm going like this, I'm also a recipient of it. And so my heart is getting some of these seeds too. And so, okay, we're, we're all one. Let's grow just like that farmer, you know, scattered all. 
produce. Let the word of God do its thing. I want the word of God to do whatever the word of God is to do in you. I want you to go out of here. That's my hope. Do its thing. But I'm absolutely and completely and utterly powerless to make that happen. You know how frustrating that is? I even, when I read this, I go, it's not even about making sure I say it in a way that's understandable. Because Jesus purposely try, says, I'm going to say this in a way that's difficult to understand, so only some people are going to get it. So it's not even dependent on me being super understandable. I, want, I try to be, but at the end of the day, I know and you know that we need God to till up our hearts so the seed takes root and grows right i i could end with that thought like wh- what are we gonna do I, we get it every every sunday you come i come throw out the word fortunately it's not a cross my fingers i hope it does something this time we have a god who who does it? Let me let me share a couple passages with you. This one, and there's a whole thing around this one, but th- this is what we're talking about. The, Paul talks about it this way: the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their fool, their folly, right? Foolishness. He's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. So, so this 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 meat computer and its electrical impulses. No matter how good I get at conveying it to my mouth and my tongue. And I mean, I could be the best air vibrator on the planet to convey thoughts through the air to your brain. But at the end of it all, no matter even how good of a brain you've got, the truths that are being shared are spiritually discerned. What, what can I do? What can I do? Let me share one more with you that gives a, an insight. And I think that as we go through this, this, this parable is going to play into some stories that come up, okay? But there's an, some insight. It, Ephesians chapter 2 does something that I, I don't think there is anywhere else in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about salvation. When someone goes from not being a Christian to being a Christian. When someone goes from not being saved to being saved. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about it in a way that no other passage talks about. It talks about it in a way not from the human perspective, but from God's perspective. In fact, you're going to see in here, you're not going to see the cross or bloodshed. That, from our, that's what, this is going to talk about what, what God does to a person when they go from not being a Christian to being a Christian. It's a fascinating passage. Listen to what it says. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cover a lot of it. Okay? <clears throat> and you were dead. In the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature, our natures, our very natures, who we are by our nature, children of wrath, like everybody else. Dead. Spiritually. Dead. Imagine dead body, no matter how much I told it, you need to start reading your Bible more. Is that going gonna, is, is to work? Dead. Spiritually speaking, that's what we all are at birth. What's our hope? One of the greatest buts in the Bible right there. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what happens at the moment of salvation? You remember when Jesus, the, the, the widow from Nain, was walking along with her dead son, laying on that 
Remember that? Just Luke, just, we just passed, and Jesus walked up and he stopped it. He puts his hand on the beer and he, what's he say? He says, get up. Now, if I said get up to a dead body, nothing's going to happen. But Jesus said, get up. And what did that dead body do? Came to life. <gasps> Got up. That pictures what this is. That's what happens. This is what we're hoping for. This is what us, this is what we're hoping for. Those of us that are in here, that amazing mysterious way that God, the one time that the seed goes out and lands in the heart, but this time God goes, wake up! And spiritually, suddenly you went from death to life. You may not even know it yet. It may feel like the seed on the shallow soil. Some of you have lived shallow lives for most of your life. And you've sprung up for God a hundred times over and it's faltered again and again. You're not going to know just yet. I hate to tell you that. Some of you will know by the time you get to the car. Because if you're sitting here convicted and then you get to the car and you're no longer convicted, you know what kind of soil you are. And I say it because I hope that then you'll get to the car and then you'll go, wait a minute, he said if I forgot when I got to the car... And then maybe then it'll happen over there. That, that's weird, isn't it? Then, then I hope that the word, the seed landed, but then, but then the actual, come, like the moment that you got out of the car, like I almost forgot again. And suddenly you're like, have you ever had that time where like, like I, I had the other day, I was driving along and this deer jumped right out in front of me and I was only barely like paying attention while I was driving. You ever do that? You're like, you're just barely there. I'm on my way to work. And then all of a sudden the deer jumps out and you're like, suddenly you go from like barely awake to like, I have never been more awake in my life. I'm seeing butterflies on the side of the road now. There's nothing escaping my attention. That's what I'm hoping will happen, even in me saying this, that you'll get out there and you'll go, you'll go, wait, I almost forgot. You sat in your car and you forgot, and then you go, wait, I almost forgot. And the guy goes, and you just suddenly you wake up and you're like, I can't forget. And then you've got to think about it all. That's what I'm hoping will happen. You'll think about it all the way home. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. God, change me. Why, now, why would you even be doing that? Because God made you lie, but... Did, okay. But how do we know? Some of you aren't going to know right away. Some of you are going to know a few weeks from now. When it springs up. Man, your next few weeks, you might be on fire. But if it goes... Then you know. You know what kind of soil you are... And I'm saying that right now in the hopes that at that moment, that little seed that's still there, when you go and crash, that in that moment, God will go, dig. Scrape that rock out of there. The soil, and there's that one little seed of the word of God that falls into the ground and takes root. And you go, you're alive in Christ. Some of you, it's there but there's a hundred other things choking it out and you knew it when I said it a minute ago and you're going to know it when you're out there watering the weeds right the cares of this world the pleasures of life the riches of life you're going to be tending that stuff like there's I mean you need it so bad and you're going to my hope even in saying this is that 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 little shrivel of the word of God that's grown up in your your heart, you'll suddenly in the process of tending the weeds and you're like, oh I gotta take care of these weeds putting some water on them, making sure I'm focusing on, and so I, I'm hoping that in that moment you'll go this is a weed and you'll see that little shriveling stump of the word of God that started to take root in your heart and you're like What's it? and I'm hoping in that moment what God does is he takes the plow digs into those weeds and just goes and just roots them all out of your heart so that those weeds you start to look at with disgust you start looking at those things the way you, you know they got that one neighbor how they respond when there's one dandelion in their yard right I got like a million of them I'm like they're pretty you, got that one, you know that neighbor he's got that one dandelion he's like he'll see it on his way home like and he'll be out there before he goes inside. He's got, he's got like holsters of weed killer 
that he wears with him all the time. He's like, get it. You guys know this. Some of you are like, that's me. But I, that's what I'm hoping that in that moment, God will turn you in such a way so that you look at those weeds, the pleasures of life, and the cares of this world, and the riches of this life, and you go, I can't stand it. I don't want that growing in here. It's disgusting, Lord. And God will go, dig it out. My hope is ultimately that every single one of us in this room, that the word of God will take root and go down deep, digging into places you don't even like to think about, deeper and deeper, and bringing forth fruit in your life. And people will look at you and they won't, won't even see you anymore. They just be like, I see the word coming from you. I see Christ flowing out of you. And you will know, it's got nothing to do with that. That's God. He took root in my heart. I used to be full of weeds, or I used to be still in the ground. I used to, be, I used to just trample on the word of God. But God came in and he dug up. I'm going to close in prayer. Do we have a song? While I'm closing in prayer, I'm going to pray specifically that as I'm praying, I'm going to pray that God will do that. See, I went like this today, didn't I? I'm praying that God will do that part. Because I can't do that part. And you can't do that part. But you can cry out to the, the farmer. And maybe even in your cry to the farmer, that'll be one of the first evidences of a root digging down into your heart. The fact that you're sitting there and you're going, Lord, save me from my sin. will be the first step. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you again for your word. And I just pray now as, as the word has been sown and landed hearts, I pray, Lord, that you as the great farmer would dig that field of that heart even as I speak right now. Let it take root and grow and bring forth fruit. Lord, we pray these things not of our own accord, but in the name of Christ and according to his grace and his mercy. Amen.